Welcome to the Two Marketeers podcast, where marketing swashbucklers, Sean and Lindsay, seek to demystify the fascinating world of modern marketing. Each episode takes listeners on a storytelling adventure that informs, entertains, and inspires marketing enthusiasts of all kinds. And now, here are your hosts, the two marketeers themselves, Sean Patrick and Lindsay Wow! Yeah! Woo! Take the stick! Happy New Year! Oh, oh way to go. <laughs> well done. Jump right into it. I it's like our it. first recording of the new year. Wow, that was good. Happy 2021 to you. That's Happy a Happy 2021 to you. Merry something. Oh, man. Welcome to the new year, Sean Patrick. Welcome. Welcome. How the heck are you? I am well. How are you? I'm really good today. I find it's like COVID energy is like some days you're like, I feel great. Next day you're like, I am garbage. I, <laughs> <laughs> I am a walking dumpster fire. I should lay down. And today is a good. I feel good. Don't you find that? Where's the motivation? It's I like the walking, walking dumpster fire. That's like tragic. <laughs> It's honest. That's how we feel. Oh yeah, sorry. It's I, I mean it's tragic <laughs> and I don't I'm not judging. I'm like that's like really good and, and it's tragedy. Like that's not oh I'm I'm not feeling myself today. I am a walking dumpster fire. Well, you know me. I'm kind of an extremist. I'm either like, I'm so great, or I'm like, <laughs> I am on my way to the hospital because I'm about to have a stroke. <laughs> but I'll just stay in my car and call them. Right? Exactly. Oh man, I'm not going near a hospital. <laughs> no. 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 So, man, I'm pumped to start recording again. Yeah, sometimes it's good to kind of go without something and miss it, right? Not that we didn't miss it in the first place, but yeah, I think we've been kind of building up to like, let's take some time. Let's live or not live in our little bubbles and uh, let's build up some energy. Some podcast energy. I know, it was almost like a forced hiatus. Because remember for a minute they were like, we're going to record on the 23rd of December. Then we're going to record on the 28th of December. Then we're going to do this. Then we're going to do this. We're going to do a video. And then we're going to be, yeah, we're going to shoot it from the North Pole. Yeah, we almost like made ourselves take a break to freshen up. We did make ourselves. We're like, what are we doing? We've been doing this for two months. Like we're acting like we're, you know, Steven Spielberg. On a budget. <laughs> so how quickly, how was your break before we get super off track? How was it? Oh, too late. It was great. It was really nice. Uh, three kids home. Uh, we did virtually nothing other than just be a family. Except virtually nice. everything? Virtually eight nonstop. I had a seven-day meal plan booked because it's like, okay, we got lots going on. Uh, my beautiful wife, Simone, turned uh, a, the big half-century Halfway between Christmas and New Year's, uh, you know, we've got Christmas Eve, we've got Christmas, we've got Simone's birthday, we've got New Year's Eve, we've got New Year's, all that stuff. And for me, those are all food moments. So I was like, okay, so I'm going to be doing all the cooking. So that's about eight days of intense eating. And I had to plan it because I would, of course, want to minimize going to the store 
So it was, uh, it was, it was where I put all my energy and it was fun and very restful. It went quickly. I was surprised. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nice. And I did do a little bit the of work. Sean Patrick time. Christmas New Year's Edithon. Yeah. Edithon. Edith. Love it. You? Who is Edith? Edith. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're part of the HelloFresh family and so we, yeah, we ate the whole time. <laughs> That's all we do. <laughs> Always. All we do is eat. It's amazing. It's incredible. So how does that work? You just you're like you're just connected, or it's just the fact you're just like any other wonderful HelloFresh customer, and you just order and. No, well, we did there. They did a promotional Christmas box, like your Christmas dinner, all in a box, which was amazing. Wow. It had like a mushroom tart with it. It had like yeah, it was. They did such a good job. Um, but more just saying that we're, you know, part of HelloFresh and we love food, which yeah. is why that's, that's the whole culture. It's everything. Food is everything. Uh, oh yeah, baby. Oh, all yeah. we did I'm, was eat. It was great. I'm all about food right now. Well, I always am, but yeah, I got a new cookbook for Christmas, which I know from my family is giving as that sounds. It's really just, they do it for themselves. So what was it? It was the next Oshi Glows and it's not Sam Vegan, oh. but definitely dabbling more and more in it. And the food is freaking awesome. It's a lot of work. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Has it like 4,000 tiny ingredients you've never used before? Uh, Not so much. It's just, you know, like when you grew up and it's like, okay, you put butter in a pan and then you saute this and then you add that and you put some spice. It's not the same. It's completely like, okay, so you're going to make this. Well, make sure you've cooked, you know two cups of fresh lentils and be sure you made the oh. vegan pesto ahead of it. And you're like, oh my God, this is killing me. Oh yeah, that's a lot. But then when you get organized, it's good. And it, I find it's kind of become a new sort of hobby for me. So it's like, okay, five o'clock, I stop working or whatever it is I'm doing. And uh, there's a full focused hour of prep and I just feel it just kind of relaxes me. That's exactly my husband's philosophy to prep. He's like, it's my meditation, chopping my veg, doing my stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So good. I mean, I kind of, I think you can look at 2021 a couple of different ways. Like one way being like, oh, how long until I get this vaccine? How long till I'm back out in the open? And like the way that I kind of thought of it is probably a bad way, but it's kind of like, I need to appreciate the amount of time left that I can blame the pandemic for stuff. Like, for instance, I can't come to your office today. Sorry. It's got to be a virtual call, you know, or, oh, I don't have to have my kids at before and after care at seven in the morning so that I can get somewhere by 730. You know, it's like, oh, I had to cancel my Orange Theory gym membership and now I'm actually (laughs) running outside and getting fresh air and taking some time to meditate. And and I'm like, sorry, I can't. You're a mess. I only have six months left of excuses that I can blame on the pandemic being a piece of garbage so that I can actually prioritize the things that I want to prioritize. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Let's think of it that way. All right. You know, I love TikTok, which is hilarious. But I just like, I saw this every now and then there's a really good motivational video on there that gets me. And I just like saw something at the beginning or beginning of January. It was like, no one's coming for you. Like, no one's coming to (laughs) tell you to put that glass of wine down. No one's coming to get you up in the morning. No one's coming to tell you to quit your job. No one's coming to tell you to get up and run your own business. And no one's telling you to solve this problem like you're it. And no one's answering my ad for that person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right? 
I know. We keep looking, and it's like, man, I don't know. I, I think that's it. it. Like, no one's coming stop for looking. you. I love it. I don't know. This is like, this is so cheesy. I don't even want to do this anymore. Okay. What are we talking about today? Bye. This is not therapy, <laughs> right? Okay, so to wrap that up and move on to the new thing, which is going to be about talking about what's ha- going to happen in 2021, I believe, or what people think, uh, what would be your number one thing is to say, you know, you look back on 2021, what did you learn? What 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 practice did you put into play um, that you're going to bring forward? Yeah, it's, you know, it's calming down, taking a breath and focusing. Nice. And that's it. Focus on the things that matter and that's it. And I would say that that's personally, that's as well as flows into our topic for today is that. Yeah, relax. Strat- strategically, same thing. So let's get into it. <laughs> Calm the fuck down. I don't want to. We'll I'm ready. this out. No, that's sorry. That- <laughs> <laughs> I don't want. Oh, that wasn't to me. Oh, sorry. That's advice to everyone. <laughs> You tell me, I actually just posted a blog, but uh, you tell me what this is about, Lindsay. You started this craziness. I know. So as someone who, you know, we're your strategy as our jobs. And so you subscribe to all the things, work, strategy magazine, you know, all of the stuff. <laughs> uh, what's the Aegis, and, Densu, Aegis, and... Uh, yeah, McKinsey. McKinsey. Baines, yeah. The, HBR. All the, you know, all the things which we like latch onto and discuss nonstop and pass back and forth. And, you know, we're super into them. And so you, you wake up we're a nerds. bit hazy on yeah. January 1st. Mm-hmm. Rub your little eyes day after New Year's Eve, feeling a little, a little slow. And... Um, in comes the pouring of 2021 forecasts and trend reports and top five things to do and top eight this and marketing strategies, 63, 63 ways, ways to win. To, yeah. <laughs> right? So, yeah. You wake up after like the most uncertain year of like like my professional career for sure and see all of this concrete ish advice rolling in from the hilltops and i'm just like oh my goodness so you know a days (laughs) a week unfolds of this madness pouring into my inbox and i'm like this is insane i and obviously i read everything i want to know the trends i want to know what people are saying and then well you actually get get into that mode almost unconsciously right you get that stuff you have to read it i have to read this this is what i rely on yeah And also we're looking for the answer and someone to tell us that it's going to be okay and the certainty, right? So even as a strategist, I'm like, okay, I do want to know the 63 ways to win 2021 (laughs) because 2021 was a shit show. I want five. Give me five. Yeah, like naturally we want to be led. So you're reading it. You want to know. You want to know what's up. Um, And then I get this email in my inbox from Strategy Magazine. That just like lit me up. And then I was like, exactly. So I sent I, it to Sean. Sean, do you want to ta- say what it is or do you want me to say? Well, I think it lit what it did light you up. It was hilarious with all the exclamation marks. She's like this. She just writes next topic. And there's no question. Usually it's like, well, I'm thinking about this. She was like, next topic for the podcast. Yeah, I'm like, this is what we're talking about because I'm lit up about this. <laughs> and I, I think it was you were lit up, but it was also they kind of lit up 
the, the the what you're talking about and and i think i mean i'm just gonna say i looked at it and i didn't even read it yet because i think it was still the holidays or i wasn't in that mindset yet yeah and- i'm that person that i'm like happy t- january 2nd can you see this because we have work to do <laughs> <laughs> and it was uh the article is sorry the title of the article is our 2021 forecast colon forecasts about 2021 won't help you. Boom. <laughs> I opened, I saw that that was also the subject head of the email. Yeah. I was like, brilliant. This is what I want to read. It, it It's every rule about how to get a catchy headline and it doesn't disappoint. So yeah, I, I'll lob it back to you because now you can get right into it. I don't think we have to explain it. Yeah, and it's just like when we talk about all the time understanding how people are feeling, this headline yeah, taps right into summarizes it, right? the deep feeling inside my body that says, I don't think this shit's going to be able to tell me what to do because I've learned. I don't believe I, it or I don't feel yeah, right. Yeah, I don't believe it. And I've learned that I need to act differently. So like, what are we talking about here? So I was going to read a little bit of this article. Do you want me to do that or did you want to read a little bit of it? (laughs) You're so polite. Look, if you're going to be aggressive, be aggressive. Read it. You say, you know what, Sean? I'm going to read this. Okay. Okay. I'm going to read this. Let's do it. (laughs) Um, Okay. So this is a guest contributor on strategy. Um, It's John Bradley and Carrie Bradley who wrote this article. And I'm just going to read a little bit of it because it's going to get you all jacked up too. So it says, <laughs> forecasts of sales and cash flow have almost completely lost their utility during 2020. So we have been obsessively examining the many implications this has for marketers and their agencies um, in our training and consulting. So in the consulting business that uh, John and Carrie do. They say pre-authorized budgets have disappeared. Business continuity initiatives become much more important than brand growth initiatives. Forward planning horizons shrunk from years to weeks, which I don't know about you, Sean. I personally experienced all 2020 long Um, (laughs) weeks to get things in market that are different than, you know, years of what would have been planning or six months to a year. All because the future had become essentially unforecastable to any reliable degree of accuracy. So true. And then this is what is hilarious. This is my favorite part. So when you can imagine our delight when we received Wark's State of the Industry Report for 2020 to 2021, which informed us that global advertising investment is forecast to rise by 6.7% this year. We particularly love the decimal point (laughs) accuracy of the forecast. Not 6.6 or 6.8%, precisely 6.7. That prompted us to make two forecasts of our own. Global advertising spend will not increase by exactly 6.7% in 2021. And marketing and advertisers who plan anything on the basis of forecasts like these will be replanning their careers before the year is out. This is one of the most bold things I think I've ever read in Strategy Magazine, um, and I love it. The one point that I just really wanted to to bring out was that they say, our advice to any marketer or agency in charge of a brand with any kind of price premium is to make all your brand investment conversations about being able to maintain price during these troubled times so that when better times return, you still have it. So they talk about the importance of brand building to maintain your price position. 
Um, and they kind of summarize with saying, whether you're a client or an agency, brand custodian, your ultimate custodial duty as we enter 2021, given that you can't guarantee to protect volume is to protect price, margin, brand equity, and future value. Because when you lose those, you lose everything. So the things that they're kind of talking about in this article is obviously the notion of brand building and the notion of maintaining your price position so that when things um, go into a new phase of normal, you still have um, high equity in those things. Um, but I think just the kind of overall tone of this article talking about how all of these forecasts and the things that are coming out, we're not going to be able to rely on them for their hyper accuracy like we have done in the past. And so... Um, you know, what are we to do when we're getting all of these forecasts flooding into our emails and into our inboxes with information we typically rely on, but now are in still in the state of uncertainty. So what are we to do? Strategist well, Lindsay? <laughs> yeah. I mean, for, for you and I, and I kind of want to get a bit of your perspective on this article before we go into like what we should do. Um, but for you and I, it kind of goes back to our process. But what did you think about it when you were reading this article? Um, I, I really loved the key. The key message I got was you need to invest in your brand. Like you need to build the equity in your brand right now. Um, it's less about it's it's absolutely not about advertising. It's about brand building. Um, and if you are yeah. going to advertise, advertise your brand don't advertise promotions around it. Don't don't play the price game. Um, you know th those sort of things. Is you need to take the time to invest. And that's exactly what you and I have been saying. Is you you need to build your brand right now. Um, yeah. People are people's trust in brands is the most important thing. And cutting down a price or doing some kind of disruptive uh, promotion is not going to build that brand. Uh, it's actually going to weaken yeah. that sort of perception or that relationship that a brand can build with a customer or a consumer. So yeah, yeah, because if you if you don't spend the time to be building your brand now, and all you're doing is discounting your price so that you can make kind of short term sales, when we go into the phase of a, a new normal or whatever comes after what's going on currently, you're going to be left with a weak brand that's cheap in in the eyes of people that they're not going to want to pay a lot for. Yeah, and it's it, not going to do you well either way. And it's that whole idea between brand versus product, right? <clears throat> um, a brand is a your brand is your long term investment. It, it's what builds relationships with consumers. Um, your products are what satisfy the needs of consumers. And right now, the markets are showing you know the, the the sales and all that sort of all those results. What we can forecast is. Uh, consumers are more fickle than ever. They're looking for you know just servicing their needs as a product should do which you have to let them do but where does the brand help in this time to kind of weather the storm that says but what happens when things start to get back to normal where's the loyalty um and that's mm -hmm. where when you change your focus from brand to your pro a, a particular product what happens is that loyalty really starts to erode because they're really just they're not loyal they're really just buying up what you have to offer for the short term because that's all they want um right. so yeah it's 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 bang on, but I think what I like most about it is how they get into the conversation. Right? They th these are bold. I call them ballsy statements, but they don't come off as arrogant in any way. There's no like yes, they call out flaws, but there's no blasting. I think because it's based in truth, like it's based in that true insight and that gut feeling that we have that says what they're saying is true. 
Like yeah. it doesn't, you don't need to candy coat it and you don't need to be aggressive about it. It's just true. Right. It's calling out a truth. It's not an opinion piece. Right. Exactly. So when you read an article like this and say you're a marketer of a big brand or a small brand or say you're starting your own brand or you're doing a product launch and you're like, okay, so then what do I do? You right. know, you're seeing these industry reports rolling in. You're seeing people, you know, lightly mocking the fact that they're so precise and tell you exactly what to be doing and the top three trends. Um, so my question, if I were them, I would be like, okay, so then what, 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 what do I do? You tell me then. If I can't rely on this information that I'm getting, what's my next step? Yes. And from my perspective it would be to take in all of the information possible. So I'm not yes. saying at all, do not open these emails, do not read these trends, do not understand these forecasts. It would be more than ever, you should be reading all of these point of views. Um, go in, open these emails, read the forecast, read the trend reports, but mostly pay attention to your consumers and your category and like the way that things are shifting and small kind of signals as to where your brand might be able to fit in and where consumers might be going as the year kind of unfolds. Exactly. Um, and then what we've been doing a lot with some of my um, some of my clients and brands that I work on is, you know, scenario planning. We're not necessarily going to know exactly which way things are going to go. But if we're monitoring consumer sentiment and the category and kind of the culture and, and the environment and how things are shifting, um, we can plan out certain scenarios and have kind of key indicators of this, those scenarios that if you see something happen – you're kind of leaning more one way or the other, in which case then you can activate different strategies depending on the scenarios that you're in. Yeah, I think I think it, to, to build on that, it's seek truth, not data. And gather, continue, in, actually more so than ever gather it because maybe it, it calls out our, our self-identified dependency on data without truth. And I think that's kind of what the article called out is they they show examples of data it's it's strictly as that report is strictly data it's regurgitation of data when there's when the data can't tell us what we want to hear right seek truth and whatever data can help you get there but if that data is not contributing anything other than pure data then move on or go deeper yeah and dare i say that you have to like be able to use a little bit of intuition. Like I was reading about a lot of other, you know, studies and things posted by B Bain and, you know, McKinsey and things like that about how to manage uncertain times and, you know, going back to the 2008 recession and all, and all of these different periods of time. Um, and a lot of it says like, yes, you need to collect the data. You need to understand the insights, but you also have to set up certain kind of indicators that will say, okay, when we see this happen, we will shift here. We will go here. And then part of it is that strategy isn't always a science, right? It's part art. It's part science. Yes. And a lot of intuition, um, can help bring the human element into it to say, you know what? As long as it's not your biggest bets, you might not want to make big moves on your big bets right now. But if it's your, you know, some test and learn scenarios, some campaigns, some different projects where you can um, try it out and it's not going to completely break the brand or the bank, you can use, you should be using a little bit of your intuition as well as the insights that you're gathering. Well, I think that brings it back to this is the process of a strategist, like you're saying. So the first thing you're going to do is you're going to consume. You're going to keep looking at it, but then don't forget you're a strategist. And a strategist is, is a, a big part of it is the fact that you have this knack 
right? This natural talent of, in, is it intuiting? I think that's a word. It's your intuition to kind of, when you process enough data, at some point you start formulating um, theories. You start looking mm -hmm. for threads in the story and that is what you do really well. It's what I do well. It's what kind of makes us want to do what we do. And it's about, you know, that that finding that what, what point do you take in this much seeking that truth it's it's not just intuition it's your experience it's it's about having done this so many times then you formulate your own it's it's kind of like taking a bit more ownership of yeah we kind of got lazy as much as we're running around and being busy we got kind of got lazy and waiting for those things to come picking some point that we really liked and putting it forward when i was that busy person in the office 10 meetings a day and trying to do this for all these big clients, I got a little bit lazy and was just looking for figures that I could put back out there, right? Um, yeah, and even just dusting off last year's playbook, right? Exactly. And throwing a new stat in there and being like, well, you know, this year people are at seven, eight point percent more likely to use mobile. So let's keep doing that. <laughs> Valid <laughs> validating, I think, you know? right? Yeah. And, right. And, and that's that sort of like, trust your gut. This is what this is what strategists do. This is why we're strategists. This is why people rely on us. And this is how we build a reputation is that we become that gauge of, okay, so when is there enough data or enough information to, to propose a truth or to call out a truth, much like John and Carrie Bradley did? And then last but not least is, okay, so now you've analyzed all this data, you've kind of trusted your gut, what do you put forth, right? And it's just that process saying, okay, so based on that intuition and based on all the information that I can gather, what will I put forward? And I think it's to your point, Lindsay, it's not about huge shifts. It's about the little shifts and testing them and to say, well, I mm -hmm. can't tell you this. What I can tell you is this. And I think the key to kind of calling out one of the examples, I think it was the Dentsu one, was when I looked at the actual data, what was really fascinating to me was there was no truth to find. There was this global survey that was done. And when I look at what it is, it's really just asking CMOs what they think, what, what, what they're most worried about. That's not, mm -hmm. there's no truth in that. That's, that's asking for people truly opinion based and what they're most afraid of, which actually, who does that help? Right. I think it's about the industry looking at numbers as a solution, right? Numbers mm -hmm. as the, 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 the strict measure of success and how, how is that going to work? And right now it's being challenged because you think at like the number one thing that CMOs, when, when asked, uh, what's the thing you worry about most is it was the highest number was understanding what consumer behavior is temporary versus permanent. Well, yeah. So let's get that <laughs> crystal ball. You know what I mean? They're waiting for someone to tell them. Uh, these these are the six consumer behaviors that are temporary as we're yeah. going through what's temporary. Right, it, it, exactly. It's just logic. I know, and that's where he's talking about like these indicators that things are happening and watching for those and making decisions based on that. I was reading last night about, um, I think 10 years ago when Macy's was kind of getting the inclination that e-com and online sales were, was going to be a big thing. And it was like, their philosophy was, we don't need to figure this out now, but we need to start figuring it out so that when we need to have it figured out, we have it figured out. So it's things like that where you're looking at 
Is it temporary? Oh, did someone just buy a blouse on their smartphone temporarily? Or is that kind of an indicator that more people eventually will be buying tops online? Like it's that kind of thing to say what might be temporary can then transition into permanent. And it's got to be things that are consumer-led and consumer behavior-led in the moment that will give you indicators as to where you should start thinking about developing things, not permanent solutions that you need to have figured out right away. Because pandemic or not, consumer behavior is going to shift and change over time. So you need to have these small indicators as to which way it's leaning so that you can get ahead of it. Everyone probably wished they had figured out grocery delivery a little bit earlier. Like, had you started thinking about, you know, okay, what's going to be a really fresh. great experience? <laughs> well, like, whether you had said, you know, likely in the future people are going to buy groceries online once we get over some of the quality barriers and the barriers of thinking someone else is choosing my produce for me, those barriers we will overcome. So when those moments happen, how are we going to be able to turn on e-com grocery quickly and in the best way. We probably wish we got ahead of that a little bit at this point. And it would have been around analyzing, you know, what consumer behavior is happening right now, what is temporary, what do we think is going to be shifting to permanent? And that's a that's a question that's constantly on everyone's minds, not even just right now. Okay. So for advertising though is maybe what they were trying to help is business leaders understand where they should invest. However, I don't think they did that. Does that make sense? You know what I mean? It's sort of like, so what were these reports there to do? They were to tell, uh, if not CMOs, well, usually CMOs, but to big companies, this is where you should redistribute these budgeted, these budgets that have put been put on hold, right? Everyone's wondering where are the budgets? And it's a little bit premature, is all these numbers are saying is this is what this crazy pandemic has done and it has halted budgets, right? Everything's on hold. But now, right now, telling you how that spending might change is of no use to anyone. Because like Lindsay says, that's all going to depend on the consumer, right? So if there's Mm -hmm. some lever to pull, you know, we, we love that term, spend your money on understanding the consumer, Spend your money on understanding the consumer. And while you're doing that, spend your money on the equity of your brand so that when you do have that, when you do have some truths about what the consumer's doing, you have a brand to actually execute behind. You have a a relationship. You have an emotional connection with those consumers that that emotional connection is based on you're going to listen to what they need. You've been paying attention. Maybe that's the answer, Lindsay. Build your brand, and in the meantime, figure out what your consumer wants from your brand. Are you done? (laughs) Yes. You're just waiting for me to jump in. Yes, I'm done. Thank you. I know. I keep trying to jump in. I'll just say the last thing that I'm going to say on on that note is that as you're looking at the way consumer behavior is shifting and the decisions that you make, just make sure that your brand differentiators are kind of at the heart of the decisions that you're making. So you're not trying to make such extreme pivots based on consumer behavior where your brand can't win. Make sure that you're leaning into certain consumer insights that are, you know, temporary, permanent, whatever the case may be, um, that have your brand at the heart of it so that you can highly resonate with consumers and come out on top in the end. Right. 
Okay, so that's kind of it from me. Um, did you? I know, Sean, you wrote an article on this topic as well on your blog. Did you want to kind of summarize a little bit from that? You had some great kind of recommendations in there as well to share with people. Yeah, uh, thanks. The article focuses on answering the question, right? With all of this, what I'll call fire hose of information that is less than accurate, what's a strategist to do? And I sum that up in, in some steps that I hope and I believe are helpful. They're what Lindsay and I do in most cases. Um, and no matter how big the, the brand, uh, no matter how small, they're pre pretty good general rules and tips on what your best options are as a strategist to make sure you get through it. Awesome. So we'll post the link to your article in our notes. Yes. So uh, have a read. Would love you guys to join the conversation. Any input at this time is greatly appreciated. Well, good chat today. Thanks, Sean. Thank you, Lindsay. Nice to have you back. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. <laughs> Bye. Bye. That's it for this episode, my fellow marketeers. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, subscribe to this podcast at thetwomarketeers.ca. That's thetwomarketeers.ca. Spell it out. Be sure to tune in for more marketing adventures every month from us, the Two Marketeers. But you can just call us Sean and Lindsay. Actually, I, I would prefer Wise Guy. Yeah, I, I know you would. We're not, we're not doing that.